Hi, Fanshawe College. This is Ilhan Aden, and I'm the multimedia reporter for the Interabang. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm welcome once again with... Wow, words mean things. Okay. Today, I'm welcome... I welcome... <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ilhan. <laughs> Today, I welcome the Interabang editor, <laughs> Angela, once again <laughs> as, <laughs> as we attempt to make sense of the nonsense. Oh, geez, Louise, that took me a while to get out. But I will say today's newsroom is focused on one question. Is ignorance truly bliss? So, Angela, before we get into the stories of today, what do you think? Is ignorance truly bliss? We'll revisit this at the end of our discussion as well. No, it's always better to know what's going on behind the curtain. And that is my opinion. It's always better to know what's going on and to make rational, informed decisions for the betterment of the world. That's what I think. See, and here I thought we were going to have an interesting discussion. No, I'm just kidding, because I agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) Well, like, uh, but, but, okay, here's the thing. It's, it's still a good question because uh, you and me are news junkies and we like to know what's Mm -hmm. going on. We like to do a lot of, we know how to research properly. We trust ourselves, so Mm -hmm. on. Um, You and I like to have these conversations. We're really enjoying, like, you and I like to have these conversations where we talk about, you know, what's going on in the world. Believe it or not, there are a lot of people who would rather not and just kind of live in like, no, you know what? I'm going to sound like, I'm going to sound like not nice if I, if I go on with that sentence, but (laughs) I'll, I'll just put it this way. I understand why there are a lot of people who just maybe don't have the capacity or have other things that they would rather focus on and who would argue that, yeah, Mm -hmm. to an extent, ignorance is bliss. And what I'm saying is that I am not one of those people. I want to keep going. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I draw the line at certain things, of course, but uh, Mm -hmm. for the most part, I always want to know what's behind the story and what's behind that story and so on. I want to go as deep as I possibly can. I don't think ignorance is bliss at all because the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And I think that's like the best part of it all. How about you? Absolutely. (laughs) Literally the last sentence summarized exactly what I was going to say. It's Mm -hmm. just so much, you know, so little in this world. And it's so much better to be in a position where one, you understand, you know, so little of this world, Mm -hmm. but are open to hearing about it. Right. So I don't think ignorance is bliss, but I do think there is a time period in all of our lives, and typically it should be childhood, but unfortunately it's not for everybody, where you should have a time where ignorance is bliss, you know, where you're able to develop just things about yourself outside of the world's viewpoint, outside of the world's problems, outside of the world's issues. And so hopefully that will be for childhood for some. If we not, should uh, have the adolescence. freedom. <laughs> it's all about the freedom. We, If people yeah. want to know then that Mm. freedom should be available. That's the ideal. And, you know, that's probably a good segue into a couple of stories that we (laughs) might talk about later on um, (laughs) because uh, controlling information, who knows what is, um, you know, one one of the defining topics of our generation. And speaking of controlling information, that's, the gist of probably most of the news stories that we're covering today is about people controlling information or reacting to information they thought was controlled. That wasn't even even a scripted segue. Did you see that? Like, I am so on the same wavelength (laughs) as you. Like, that was amazing. Whoa. I know. We're right here. (laughs) I love it. We're right here. (laughs) 
Oh, man. So our first topic of today is Epoch Times. Now, Angela, I don't know. Did you know about Epoch Times prior to the story I sent you? Oh, hell yeah. I love the Epoch Times. <laughs> <laughs> it, makes for, it makes for good kindling. Good kindling. Or like if you ever want to <laughs> rip something up, if you ever need to, uh, you know, oh if you're God. ever training, puppy training, your your dog or your pet makes for good <laughs> good lining. Uh, yeah, Epoch Times. They've been around for a while, oh, so man. it's it's like um, it's like a free National Enquirer. The National Enquirer is a U.S. publication tabloid rag that like you need to pay for for your entertainment. But the Epoch Times comes mm -hmm. straight to your mailbox free of charge. Yep, and. It's funny that you describe them as like a very National Enquirer-esque yeah. when they describe themselves as a newspaper that brings honest and uncensored news to people oppressed by the deception and tyranny in communist China. So it did start off discussing mostly um, Chinese-related issues, but I mean, as COVID-19 hit, any issue that's happening in China is now a global issue, <laughs> as we've kind of seen. Um, but I know they gained a lot of momentum in the States. For those that are listening or unaware, they gained a lot of momentum in the States and Canada, I will say, but mostly in the States in recent years for their coverage of QAnon, for Spygate. I don't even know what Spygate is, but I know it's related to Trump and already I'm like, I don't care. I don't even know what Spygate <laughs> is. And like, this is my hobby. That's, Ooh. Right? I know what I'm um, doing tonight. And they also... <laughs> <laughs> and they also pushed, uh, continued to push unfounded election fraud claims, just as mm -hmm. Trump was for, for a while and continues to do so. So although they believe they are a, what was it, they're bringing journalistic integrity as a reputable paper, mm -hmm. I just, I don't, I don't think speaking about QAnon, election fraud, Spygate. I don't see that as news that is important for people to understand and to know. What do you think? What do you think of the content that they cover? Dangerous. Because you are much, you're more <laughs> familiar with them than I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be, I'll be honest. I haven't, it's painful to like actually try to read an article because um, it's, it's just the same far right propaganda that you see mm -hmm. anywhere else. And um, it, you know, I get, I, I emotionally respond to this because it's, it does, it's, it's, it's a trick. Like it disguises itself mm -hmm. as a legitimate newspaper. And of course that they say, what, what was it that they said that they're, that they're telling the truth or what was their quote? <laughs> their quote was they bring honest and uncensored news to people oppressed by deception and tyranny in communist China, Whoa. but they did further along. Yeah, they did. Um, also say that there are just a reputable news, an independent fact-based traditional journalistic newspaper. That's also how they describe themselves. <laughs> There's a lot of buzzwords in there. A lot of buzzwords. Oh, I'm glad you called it. Yeah. There's um the when they when their use of the word uncensored is yep. alarming to me. It's it's just the same as like you see a lot of of these far right groups um, talk about their rights to free speech and quote unquote free speech mm -hmm. and like, um, mm -hmm. which brings us in the conversation of like the difference between free speech and hate speech. And in Canada, we mm -hmm. actually don't have freedom of speech. We have freedom of we have freedom of expression without the right to incite hate. 
a lot of people don't know that mm. because we're so influenced by uh, by the United States. They have freedom of speech. Here, we do not have the right to incite hate. And I would argue that, yes, this is a tabloid publication that does incite hate for sure. And that's why I have such a visceral response to whenever I see this paper, especially that's being so widely distributed in these divisive times. I think that it, they're throwing like they're throwing a match into like a dumpster of gasoline. Like the, I, why why would someone want to um why would someone want to add to this discourse? Like the motivation behind this is what puzzles me. Um, I'm not saying I'm I'm cool with like what's going down in China. Like I just want to be perfectly clear. Yeah. <laughs> like um, with the human yeah. rights violations that are going on in China, and you know the way that China controls its its information as well. But um, I still don't trust this newspaper. Um, that promotes mm -hmm. a lot of that promotes Trumpism, basically, and and all mm -hmm. and uh, the, the QAnon crap that we've been seeing lately. That's mm -hmm. kind of made the world not necessarily a better place. And here's the thing. Initially, they did start off going off what you said about human rights um, issues that are happening in China yeah. right now. Initially, the paper they claim was created to speak about this because it is a U.S. based paper. Um, but they do have they do send it out here in Canada. And so they felt that they needed to put a voice out to speak about what was happening in China. But truthfully, what I think may, may have happened is either they got very popular and slowly but surely they just went with what is going to sell more, which is this junk. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or they just straight up lied from the beginning and have been talking and peddling bullshit from the very from the jump. Drunk with power. <laughs> so it's one of the two. Well, OK, so I. <laughs> Um, I did get, I printed off this Vice World News um, article that uh, came out earlier this week. And um, it says oh. here, uh, this is by uh, Stephen, Stephen Zhu wrote this for Vice News. The Epoch Media Empire is founded by followers of, I'm going to say this wrong, excuse me, but uh, Li Hongzhi, a Chinese spiritualist leader who started a religious movement uh, called Falun Gong in Northeast China in the 1990s. So this is a cult. That's oh, that's wow. that's what's that's what's that. going on here. This is this is um this is like wow. watchtower for the Jehovah's Witnesses. Like that's the equivalent. So that's what's going on. Uh the movement's beliefs and practices range from meditation to levitation. Mm. Which is fun. Interesting. Like who doesn't love a little bit of <laughs> levitation? I'm not going to knock that. <laughs> Uh, former practitioners have also reported anti-gay and anti-modern medicine teachings. Um uh -oh. So, you know, that that makes me that reminds me of the fact that another issue we're seeing right now in social media land is a lot of these like wellness and new age natural path influencers yep. are sometimes unwittingly also promoting a lot of this QAnon jargon because, um, you know, mm -hmm. they're trying maybe maybe it lines up with their personal brand of like holistic health and like mm -hmm. alternatives yeah. to modern medicine. Enlightenment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and without knowing it, they'll be, they'll be, uh, promoting anti-vax propaganda and then, and then just kind of like opening a gateway to, we know where that's going to go. So it's kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. what else do we got here? Leave the, what I found most, yeah. sorry, no, okay, I yeah. say, what I found most interesting <laughs> was that 
the story that I sent you wasn't about necessarily the Epoch Times existing. Yeah. The story <laughs> is two Canadian post uh, Canadian post workers refuse to deliver the Epoch Times right. because going back to what you originally said, one feels like it's it's straight up racism and it's going to add and she is an individual who's chinese born but here in canada mm-hmm. and she feels like it's going to add to the anti-asian and anti-chinese rhetoric that is that's been going on because racism exists mm-hmm. but it has definitely heightened since covid19 because they keep referring to and i say they this paper keeps referring to the coronavirus as the ccp which is the chinese communist party virus <laughs> the same thing that trump was doing um, and the second postal worker is cheese because he's like, bruh, nobody's putting a disclaimer that this is all theory. People think this is real and I don't want to be a part of giving that information away. So it goes back to the question you had posed before about the Charter of Rights and like our freedom of speech. What was it you said that we, we have, have freedom of expression? Freedom of expression without the right to incite mm-hmm. hate. And this is a publication that these postal workers mm-hmm. are arguing, I think, incites hate. Yep. Uh, good for them. Yep. Good for them. I would not feel comfortable yep. distributing this as part of my job. And these people, like they probably see mm-hmm. it like regularly. So like these postal Once workers, yep. These postal workers read it. They have questions and they're told to um, not question it and like, look at the world around us and look at what's going on. And I, I personally think these are some very smart people who stood up for, mm-hmm. for what they believe in. And um, like, this is an example of critical thinking right here, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, Canada Postal Service though docked their pay for like three days or something. Yes, yeah. and I thought that was ridiculous because they're not the first Canadian post workers to say, hey, I don't, I'm refusing to deliver this. I think it was two in, I'll double check to see, I think it was Regina. Um, and they're, luckily their union reps made sure that they didn't get any docked pay or anything like that. But it's a monthly issue, um, literally, <laughs> literally and figuratively, it is a monthly issue that is put out, but it's also a monthly issue that bothers people at uh, the Canada, at Canada Post. So I don't see where, where we're gonna where we can go from this because the unions are trying to argue that they have a right to say no but then the publisher of the paper is like hey you are government employees you can't say no you know because canada post doesn't have it does not have the regulation to be able to say you're allowed to get this you're not allowed to get this and that's the part that i'm a little worried because i'm like do we have to change change the law to make sure that there's some sort of choice or is there going to be restrictions as to what's considered news, a paper, journalism? I don't that know. That is like literally the question. Um, you know, back to this article, actually, that was that's also yeah. what this reporter asked as well. So he actually ended up uh, interviewing um, Ahmed al-Rawi. Uh, uh, who's a professor who went, runs a disinformation project at Simon Fraser University. And um, he basically said that actually the Epoch Times handing out this paper as a free publication, they're doing, they're handing it out for free. That's kind of like a loophole. Oh, like that's how they're getting around this. And that's oh. how they're doing this legally. Um, what did it say? Uh, it's, it's, uh, El Rawi called this a ground game by handing out free copies. Um, it conveniently bypasses any efforts by government and tech companies to stop the spread of fake news or disinformation, is what he said. Um, and the the last point I wanted to make on this, back to like the originator of Epoch Times that I also find very funny. Um, mm-hmm. 
So his again, his name is Li Hangji. Uh, reportedly, um, he has a huge following. His his cult Longgong has a huge mm-hmm. following in China. Um, eventually, he was banned after thousands of practitioners staged protests. Um, uh, they were allegedly harassing the state. Uh, so he he does have a problem with communist China. Uh, he now lives in a 427 yep. acre compound in upstate New York, where he and his followers yep. manage the media <laughs> empire. I, it's okay. What's confusing is mm-hmm. he clearly has a problem with China. He's Yep. So he, what he's doing is that he is investing his life and his resources into, I guess, like rouse people in North America against China using whatever means possible. Mm. And and COVID-19 yeah. is absolutely helping that right now because yeah. you're you're definitely right. Um, it's so funny because the publisher, I don't know if the publisher, because all the articles I'm reading, they refer to the the article or the epoch times says either the epoch times or the publisher they never say somebody's name so mm-hmm. the publisher believes readers can judge for themselves which i thought was so funny mm-hmm. going back to the conversation we were just basically having right now about one people not really knowing how to make how to critically think to be able to have to oh fucking hell Ilhan. <laughs> so ah <laughs> oh, we'll just forget about that point altogether yeah. moving <laughs> But I think you have a really yeah, yeah. interesting point. His start start with what you were saying about uh, the publisher believes that people can think for themselves. Can they? That's yeah. the question. So, yes, that is the exactly that is the question. Can people think for themselves? Can they judge for themselves? Yes and no, mm-hmm. because they're going to read what you give them, and they're going to assume if you call yourself traditional journalism yeah. that there's going to be some sort of reputable um, quality that they can depend on and rely on and then if you're talking about things that are i guess in the everyday news but in a quote-unquote different way i i could see why people are going to see it as a positive in comparison to the other news sources that are out there because oh my god they're independent they own their own stuff because it's funny i'm seeing two sides and it's only polar opposites either i see people who are similar to the canadian post workers who are completely refusing it's not existence, but acknowledging it. They don't want to acknowledge it. They don't want to partake in it. They don't want to do anything with it because they're like, listen, it should not exist. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other group being like, hey, why not? It's independent. Let them do their thing. And I'm like, no, I'm. I, we can't just let them do their thing. Yeah. Like that's not, especially, especially when I learned this particular fact, my mind was blown. We can't just let this paper go on doing whatever they want, publishing whatever they want, because the only way to opt out in getting this free paper is to opt out of getting all ad mail, which means all those grocery flyers, all those other local papers that you get, you have to opt out of everything to not receive it. There's no way to not get just that one. And I thought that was so unfair because going back to what you said, it's free. That's the loophole. And I just think it's ridiculous because now as citizens, like we don't have a choice in the shit that we get. It's just going to come to us. Otherwise, we can't get access to other community-based Oh, you know what this reminds me of? Do you remember how at the beginning of the fall, uh, those anti-abortion groups were putting those really graphic flyers into people's mailboxes? It's it's the same thing. It's similar. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing. So like bottom line, Canada especially like 
the U.S. is on their own. Mm -hmm. Canada, like, (laughs) really needs to start thinking about its, um, again, freedom of expression laws. And, 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 like, we really need to start specifying um, the line between what people can freely distribute to the public. I, exactly. I especially freely distribute because yeah. I understand if you're putting something behind a paywall, I'm sure there's other other qualifications, but free like you can't just straight up and lie and give it out for free mm-hmm. and call yourselves traditional journalism and just walk away. Like I can't fathom how that's okay, but clearly it's, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not okay, but yo, it's it's happening. It's right here. It's going down. So Speaking of the states, mm. now that you mentioned the states, let's let's talk about the the craziness that's going down in the states, bro. Let's start off. I'm going to mispronounce her name, I think. Marjorie. <laughs> wow, that is a weird spelling of Marjorie. I'm Isn't sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know any Marjories. I've never <laughs> in my life. That's that a boomer name. One. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So Marjorie Green. Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor so Green from Georgia. Mm. Yep. Yep, Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia is now a Republican, uh, is on a Republican representative, and um, she's also known for being a Sandy Hook denier. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what a Sandy Hook denier is, it's exactly what it sounds. They don't think Sandy Hook was real. All those kids that died didn't actually die. Those are actors, guys. This was this was all a stage to try and get guns away from U.S. citizens. As ridiculous as this sounds, this is a woman who now sits on the Republican Party. She is a representative. Yep. Mind you, oh, good Lord. Mind you, so it's been a hot week for her, okay? This story's been developing since I literally sent it to you, so I don't know where you're up oh, with, I'm, uh, with the story. I'm right updated right <laughs> until um, I, I started my, yep, I drank my coffee watching her okay. speech from yesterday. Yep. So yeah, she she's a congresswoman. Uh, she's a senator. Yep. And when you are a senator, you are um, usually assigned uh, committee duties. So uh, she mm-hmm. was going to be assigned to be a member of the Education and Labor Committee. So that was a little bit of a problem, uh, a Sandy Hook mm-hmm. denier being on the committee education. So they they had, um, by they, I mean Congress, um, uh, they had a session yesterday uh, where the U.S. House voted 230 to 199 uh, to kick her off of her committee duties because she's clearly yep. not fit. Yeah, Mitch McConnell called her cancerous to the party. <laughs> when I read that, I laughed because <laughs> I was like, Mitch, Mitch McConnell, talk about the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see her speech? Did you see her yesterday? I. I didn't see the speech because her face pisses me off. So I've only read the transcript. Even even when it's half covered with her free speech, it's the eyes. It's the eyes. Yep. Oh, good lord. It's the eyes. Eyes are the window to the soul. I'll say. Uh, (laughs) um, Well, beady eyes there. uh, She graciously admitted that school shootings. She said school shootings and 9/11 are real. Uh, So (laughs) semantics. It's all about semantics. So cool. Yes, yep. school shootings are real because apparently she has had a mm-hmm. personal experience in her past with someone bringing guns to school. Okay, fine. But she still didn't say Sandy Hook is real. Sandy Hook. Exactly. And then she said yep. she said 9/11 is real. I watched on TV, but um I I believe that actually 
what she specifically had been denied in terms of 9-11 was the Pentagon attack. So again, semantics. Mm. She didn't she didn't change mm. her beliefs or admit to any of that. Um, but it, it's a fun speech because it gives you, mm-hmm. and, and by fun, I mean, like, I mean, it goes back to the ignorance is bliss thing. Like a lot of people would probably not mm-hmm. want to know what's going on inside the <laughs> mind of a Trump supporter, but her speech gives us a window, gives us a glimpse into Absolutely. like the logic of a Trump supporter and why, um, she explained why she voted for Trump. She said she could relate mm-hmm. to him. Uh, she enjoyed, <laughs> she said, I enjoyed his plane talk which I thought was, you know, that's kind of, mm, mm. that that opens a whole box, right? But she <laughs> she liked his plain talk um, and she saw in him someone who, who would do something about the issues she cared about. So, you know, the fiscal debt or that uh, America was in, um, abortion, border control, mm-hmm. sending Americans uh, to fight as quote, the world's police. She doesn't, she doesn't like that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I'm I'm like I have oh, I'm Lord. quoting verbatim. Um she, this is like a young Lynn Bay- Bayak, literally. This is yeah. the American young Lynn oh, Bayak. She's good just using connection, yeah. That. She's just saying what needs to be said in the right way, but at the end of it, I guarantee she'll flip the whole switch and be like, actually, I believe everything I said was correct. So she started out with that by introducing herself. You know, she's a she's an mm-hmm. um a hardworking um woman from the southern states like your typical american okay Mm -hmm. fine i can kind of see why like you're a blue collar american i can see why you would Mm -hmm. vote for trump you would see something in trump that you might that might appeal to you as a working class Mm -hmm. citizen all right sure Mm -hmm. uh but then um (laughs) but then she she didn't she didn't apologize by the way there is no Mm -hmm. sorry there is nothing there is no accountability nothing uh she talked about the way big media companies Uh, can take, quote, teeny tiny pieces of words and portray us into someone that we're not. And I'm still quoting, cancel culture is a real thing. It's wrong that Twitter can show porn, but censor, and I'm done quoting, I'm just going to paraphrase now. Uh, She said it's wrong that Twitter can show porn, but still censor her homophobic remarks. Why, why (laughs) Why can Twitter show porn but i can't say that i believe that a man and a woman should be together why is that wrong um oh yeah she said that she just it wasn't fair for her to be judged by the words of the past but um again thankfully she's voted out yeah no Yeah, Yeah, she was voted out, but she's still a senator, is she not? She's just voted out of being on these committees, which is basically part of the job that she was going to take on. So I wonder what they're going to do with her. I feel like, honestly, that there are only because I read there was only 11 Republicans that voted with the Democrats to then oust her from these several committees that the majority of the Republican Party, regardless of how they feel, aren't really for her removal based on that specific vote, Mm -hmm. which makes me, and this is why that connection came in about Lynn Bayak, where is she just going to move towards being independent? Because although her her beliefs don't fit the Republican Party, they still are allowed to exist. So what is what's going to happen? I thought it was really interesting speaking about the media. She had said this one sentence that I could not forget because I like I said, I read the transcript because I'm not trying to see her face. (laughs) So (laughs) she she pronounced the media just as guilty as QAnon 
for presenting truth and lies. And I thought that was interesting because I'm like, the media has played a role in presenting truth and lies, absolutely, but not in the same way as QAnon because it's all been lies. Yeah. So I, I was just, I found it interesting that she's still... Oh, that QAnon, she's really holding on to that theory, bro. Man, that distrust of oh, the media, God. though, like, I don't even. It's so harmful. Yeah. It's so harmful. I, I don't blame people but for thinking. It goes back to the exactly. whole use of um, the Epoch Times and uh, saying that they're uncensored. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, that's that's such an edgy thing to claim these days to be uncensored. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you got but you've got to trust. Like, who are you going to trust? Where are you going to get your news from? Exactly. How are you going to know what's going on in the world? I I remember I was listening to a podcast and it was, oh my God, it was hilarious because it was basically this type of conversation, except it got reduced to, I just don't believe science then. Because somebody was saying exactly what you were saying, where it's like, okay, well, at what point do you then believe? You know, like at what point, what do you believe in and how do you determine that this is something worth to believe in? Mm -hmm. And they're just like, oh, I don't believe in science. I'm like, girl, you were sitting there on a computer speaking through Zoom with a camera. Like, what do you mean you don't believe in science? Where did you think these things came out of? Magic? So it's just, I feel like people are going to resort to truthfully stupidity. And this goes back to the question, ignorance is ignorance bliss. Is it easier oh, just to renounce man. or denounce everything that's around you that's uh, that takes critical thought to validate denounce it because it takes work and you're like eh, i'm good i don't want to do it forget it i don't believe it exists so what i'm Science? gonna oh, i'm gonna God. plug some interrobang real quick here i actually wrote <laughs> a, a little opinion piece on this very thing Ooh. um about magical thinking versus evidence-based thinking and um mm. do you know what magical thinking is have you heard of that? No. So please tell me the just just really simply put, because I'm not a I'm not a neuroscientist, but uh, the left hemispheres of our brain is responsible for making sense of the world. So left hemispheres mm -hmm. of our brain like that's what creates a narrative about the world around us. It's um, how we try to mm -hmm. connect like we need to connect um, cause and effect. Right. So an example is don't eat those berries. They will kill you. Cause and effect. It's how we survive. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to do this. We have to make sense of the world around yep. us, uh, to survive. So yep. what happens when shit gets crazy is that sometimes to survive, we can think more magically than, mm. than usual. And that's mm -hmm. how a lot of people are able to make connections on their own without needing requiring evidence um because it will it will help them kind of understand the chaos that's going on around them and that is how okay. we get conspiracy theories mm. it's because that that makes sense yeah. then because it's like magical thinking isn't it's not out of nowhere it's literally your way to rationalize something that doesn't make sense but you don't have the evidence to prove it so you're just like yeah. i believe it and and like historically magical thinking is responsible for uh it's it also is how our brains create uh things like superstition and uh some people could argue that it's how religion is created um but ooh, ooh, but th that's a good one for another day that is a good one that's <laughs> definitely a good one for another day because um that's where you get into things like you know faith and philosophy and people do need to believe in something higher than themselves so actually technically mm -hmm. magical thinking um does not apply to religion um because then mm -hmm. like everybody's quote unquote crazy which is 
it's not fair because um, as human beings, like we're complex creatures and we need to create, mm -hmm. we, we need to have something to believe in. And that doesn't make you crazy. So that's yep. a whole other thing. Um, but mm -hmm. if you're going to um, believe that the world is ruled by an, uh, a secret order of lizard people who drink children's blood and, and traffic children. FYI. That is the QAnon conspiracy. She's not. Oh making yeah, I'm that not up. making that that's, up. That's what and that and that Trump is and that Trump became president of the United States to save the world from this group. <laughs> I'm not even. I I hope that people who are listening do know what I'm talking about. This is reality. I'm not making this oh, up. God. This is why Ilhan and I are I so concerned. Maybe ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Fucking lizard people. Um, but oh, it's, it's magical thinking. And we're in a global pandemic and people are going to start thinking a little bit more magically because like it's chaos and there's a lot of things that don't make yep. sense that we don't understand. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to wrap up my plug with saying that my opinion piece was just <laughs> saying that like, if this goes on in all of our brains, then we are all susceptible to this. And uh, we yep. need to kind of be a little bit more understanding of this process because like these people need to at least have a chance to come back. Like yep. after the Capitol riot, no, sorry, not the Capitol riot. After the inauguration, um, a lot of these mm -hmm. people were expecting, um, <laughs> sorry, they were literally expecting <laughs> Donald Trump to like lead an army to take down Joe Biden and his administration because yep. apparently they're part of the lizard people cabal that's like drinking children's blood. Nothing happened. It was yeah. a very peaceful, beautiful, historic inauguration. And this, yep. this cracked some people's realities. Like this was like yeah. really, really difficult and traumatic for some of these people. So I think what happened is that it went um one of two possible ways some people were like hey maybe this isn't actually going on and we need to mm -hmm. leave the door open for those people to like come back so we it's really easy to Absolutely. like ridicule these people and call them stupid um but on the other hand we need to be a little bit more understanding that these are scary times and people needed something to believe yeah. in and that's okay that's totally okay yeah we all go there sometimes we all lose our minds sometimes Absolutely. But it went, it, but some of honest, it also went the other yeah. way where people just went deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And yes. that's where we have Marjorie yes. Taylor Greene. Yes. And that's where I'm scared because I'm worried they're still going to try and do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like now that it's even more, well, not, I don't know for sure if it's even more niche, but now that there are those people that did quote unquote crack mm -hmm. and now are seeing reality for what it actually is or for what the majority of a majority of us have been seeing there's still that group that now dug even deeper yeah. in just as you said that they are probably going to i'm genuinely concerned that they might actually do something big just because it's like wow we one need to prove that we are right we need to prove that we aren't crazy we need to prove that everybody else is wrong and sometimes proving somebody else wrong might steer you in the wrong direction mm -hmm. but well we know for sure in this case it is but I, I i'm i'm concerned genuinely that something is off something awful is going to happen because this group is now doubling down and it's like it's do or die literally yep just if that's a possibility you never know what's going to happen but uh like Question. i said I, I like to think that there are also some people mm -hmm. who are making their way back to the light yeah yeah, yeah. 
Question, do you think on social media, if they were to monitor the content that we we consume, and when I say monitor, I don't mean they're allowing, they're telling us what we're allowed to see, but there's rules and regulations that governments put in place that say, hey, going back to the conversation we had last week about privacy laws in Europe, do you think if we apply kind of the same idea to privacy laws to content where, okay, you guys, you can't just put this content out there like you it that's not okay um do you think that might help with the disinformation that's being spread so rampantly on social media if we're able to regulate content wow yes my mind is going in a million places right now (laughs) (laughs) i think like uh the internet has really, really complicated things because what mm-hmm. will happen is that we will create these regulations and uh, that probably segue Ooh. into the next topic, the government. Mm-hmm. They're, yep. like, we're beginning, like I said, like we said at the beginning of this, um, we have no choice but to start you know, yep. really parsing down the specifics of what is hate speech and so forth and mm-hmm. how we're going to um, monitor and control that um, to keep people safe, frankly, on the internet. Mm-hmm. So, but do I think it's gonna make a difference? Um, I think that it's just gonna make people go to other places to say what they wanna say. It's like, it's never gonna, it's never gonna, gonna go away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's that search for uncensored news, just like the epoch yeah. being uncensored. People are, it's really is a great buzzword that, that I guess, attracts and entices people that are looking for real news and not news that is frankly, fact-checked, no, it's is the strange. word uncensored, <laughs> I mm. think, is code for racism. Really? Mm. Ooh, I think is, I think uncensored I think, yeah. is just a word used mm-hmm. nowadays by not like not mm-hmm. all over. But I think like, when I when I see the word uncensored, like in the context of Epoch Times, for instance, the red flag goes up because I'm like, okay, uncensored. That means it's a safe space for people to be assholes. Yes, that's yep, yep. And going back to you said, what are we, what era are we in right now? The rise of the asshole. Yeah, part two. Part two. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> That's the name of my of my autobiography. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Um, but yeah, speaking of social media rules and regulation. So I asked that question because of the article I had sent you. So Facebook here in Canada says it welcomes increased regulation by the Canadian government, including rules for what kind of content they should or should not allow on social media platforms. Now, I know increased regulation by government automatically means terrible things because it's like I don't want the government more in my life. Um, But what do you think about this? What do you think of a social media platform relinquishing part of their control and giving it to the government? Because granted, they've kind of taken control away from the government. Would you see it as giving it back to them or giving them more control? Okay, so up until now, social media has been a free for all, right? Mainly for advertising. Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. And we are creating 
we're, we're tweaking it as we go because we're seeing how bad things can get. That's really what this era is about. That's what the information age is about. It's the industrial revolution part two, but this time it's with information. And this, like, it's the same thing with the industrial revolution. We were like, oh, cool. We can mass produce things. And we were like, all right, mm -hmm. like there are no rules for this new concept. So like, let's employ little children. Let's not protect our workers. Mm -hmm. Let's put people in really mm -hmm. dangerous situations and so on and forth, right? So it's the same kind mm -hmm. of concept for what's going on the internet this is a new thing we have no idea what the fuck we're doing people are going to get hurt in order for us to figure out what's right and what's wrong um we've had no rules on social media we are developing rules uh legitimate newspapers like actual yeah. new members of the canadian news media like there are rules yeah. there 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 are mm -hmm. rules for what you can for ethical reporting there are journalistic mm -hmm. standards and practices. Like a lot of people think the media is just a bunch of journalists sitting in a room writing whatever the fuck they want because they can they can use this platform to control people and influence people. No, like it's mm -hmm. it, it. People have to go to school for this. People have to learn how to do this yeah. properly and responsibly in order to have these mm -hmm. jobs. So do I think that having a set of regulations and standards for social media is a good idea? Hell yeah, of course I do. Mm -hmm. Everything needs to have standards and rules and everything needs to be regulated um, because look at what can happen when it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and actually uh, the latest update on that story you sent me was that Canadian Heritage Minister uh, Stephen uh, Gilbeau, I believe I'm saying, uh, he is promising legislation to ensure tech giants like Google and Facebook um, will actually pay for the news content they decimate on their platforms. So they need to, mm. what I believe that means is that uh, the Canadian government is going to look into legislation that will force Facebook and Google uh, to pick and choose very carefully what news they promote, which I think is a good mm. thing. Interesting. I think that's absolutely a good thing because going back to what you said, we there are standards in place in the media, specifically in the new in the world of news, mm. uh, which is where we get so much of our information. So if now we're on social media and people are sharing news stories there, then I think, of course, there needs to be that same standard on those platforms. My question then again to you, though, is do you think that should come from the government? Because mm. going back mm -hmm. to what you said, we really are in a new era. We're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. I don't think the government is equipped, at least the way that they are structured now is equipped to deal with these kind of problems because we're talking about psychological problems, mm -hmm. sociological problems, right? So I feel like they're, they should at least have an advisory committee yeah. of some sort to at least help figure out how to do this in an ethical, healthy way because totally. we already know the, the damages of social media, you know what I mean? We know that it makes you feel more lonely. It makes you feel worse about yourself um, and a plethora of other things. But yeah, I feel like an advisory board might be useful because yep. I don't want the government telling me what, to, you guys don't even understand Facebook. Like watching, do you remember last year when Mark Zuckerberg was, <laughs> was in front of the Senate in America and he had to explain Facebook and they were asking the stupidest questions because they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah being like yep huh <laughs> it's it's expanding at such a large rate it's going so fast that yes. like i think that's i i fully agree with you to answer your question yeah it sounds like the only logical place that this can go is that eventually all governments yep. have a regulating body yes for, for what's yes. put on a regulating body yeah. that of absolutely. experts that to me yeah. makes the most sense yeah absolutely absolutely and 
if they want to go so far, experts that are voted in potentially, or that might ho- open up the whole world of politics into this. I don't know. I am not a politician. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Either or, advisory board seems like, to me, the best uh, the best solution. So, hey, look at that. Angela Lai, we fixed it, guys. Uh, <laughs> Ilhan and Angela. I just Ilhan took a podcast. Be the prime minister. And uh, oh my god, you know, will you be the president? I'll be the president or whatever it is. Yeah, I'll be the governor general. Well, we'll come. Ooh, oh, you know what? Listen, <laughs> why not? Why not? I'll be nice. Oh, lord. Oh, good lord. Oh, my goodness. But speaking of Facebook specifically, mm-hmm. now have you been keeping up to date with this whole Facebook versus Apple? No, um, hang on. I got, I got, <laughs> some, I've been keeping up with a lot, but Facebook, okay, so what do we got mm-hmm. here? Um, it has to do with, uh, tracking people to sell advertisements and, uh, fill me in from yes. there. So basically Apple is pissed cause they say Facebook keeps surveilling, uh, their users as well as other big tech giants that make their money majority off of, uh, selling users data. Mm-hmm. And so Apple decided to make an update, an incoming update, I think in the spring of this year, an incoming update that is going to allow um, in an easier and understandable way, allow users to know what apps are tracking them and give them the opportunity to actually say yes or no. Yes. So one particular feature is an app tracking transparency feature. And this requires apps to get users permission to track them across the apps and to, across other apps and websites. Because what sometimes people forget is Facebook takes your information, sells it off to a bunch of people. They take that information and try and sell you a bunch of shit. And so right now they're saying if F- Facebook takes your data and sells it to people, you know who they sold it to. And now you have to give them permission whether or to even have access to this information. And so they've made it much easier because normally this information is embedded in that user agreement that nobody reads. So now it's very clear. It pops up on your phone. Hey, this thing is adding, excuse me, this thing is tracking you on these sites. Do you want them to continue? Yes or no? No, no, thank you. I'm good. So Apple was like, listen, we're the, uh, we care about our users' privacy. We don't think any tech company should have this kind of monopoly on information. And Facebook's argument is like, fuck you. <laughs> literally. <laughs> that's, their argument's like, no, we can do what we want to do. And they're literally trying to paint Apple as the bad guy, being like, you guys are only doing this because you're going to make more money. And I'm like, I'm certain there's a way they're going to make more money, but you still haven't addressed the argument that you're stealing people's data and you're make that's your business model take their data and sell it right and apple's business model is selling services right so they see it very differently um Mm. but now i understand where facebook's coming from when they say it's all about profit because if apple is able to one put themselves in the position as guys we care about our users more than any other company automatically more people are going to be attracted to them but in addition to that they then on their app stores can prioritize what apps are up for sale. That I don't care about. But what I did care about is this particular sentence. Apple mobile devices are only manufactured by Apple, can only use Apple's operating system. Apple hardware must also use use apps obtained through Apple's app store. And those apps have to meet Apple's requirements, use Apple's in-app features, pay Apple's commissions, and compete against Apple's own apps. So basically, Apple is trying to get a complete monopoly over the, I don't want to say the selling of apps, but it sounds like a complete monopoly over just how people 
can connect with one another. Mm -hmm. Because if majority of phone users are using Apple, that is Apple's world right there. Uh, so that is what Facebook is worried about. They're worried that this is going to push more and more people there and literally into their own Apple world. And so that I can see why Facebook's like, yo, relax, guys. Don't get too hype. <laughs> Don't get hype. They're not on your side. We're not on your side either, but they're not <laughs> on your side either. So <laughs> at first, I, it's, at it's first I was, that was a wild ride, Ilham. At first I was right? like, yo, like, <laughs> you know, way to, way to place the power back into the people's hands. And then by the end of it, all I was thinking of, you know, the best way to solve this problem is just throw our phones into a garbage heap and walk right. away. Like there's a very easy right. solution and it's to just not have mm -hmm. a phone. Why are we so chained to these objects? Because that's convenience. I really like how you put that. There is a risk of us being in Apple's world and in Apple's universe mm -hmm. and having that filter over the way we see the world. Yep. And yep. like, I, I have, honestly, I have no opinion um, other than mm -hmm. just, uh, this is all very dystopian. And- yes. uh, that's exactly what I was getting yeah, at. Oh this is, man. This is pretty dystopian. And um, I'm like, the, the only thing I have to say about that is that I'm, I'm seriously beginning to wonder why it is that I am so attached to this black rectangle in my hand. <laughs> I think about that all yeah. the time, to be honest with you. And I know for me, I use my phone more as a music device. Yeah. Like, no joke. That is what I'm majority doing. So I was like, I could always get a music. I used to have an iPod. Oh, God, Apple. I used to have a musical device <laughs> that allowed me. <laughs> to listen to music outside of it being on my phone. I used to have like three, four different things that I'd carry with me, whether it was a calculator, uh, a map, um, uh, paper and pencil to take notes on. And wasn't the like, world just, just so much more fun back in the day? It was. Yeah. Now, I will say, mm -hmm. as a bus user, yep. bruh, using my phone to know what time the bus comes has saved me so many times because LTC sucks. Yep. Ugh, but <laughs> it's literally convenience. Like convenience it's is convenience. what always brings me back to my phone. It, well, for me, it's safety. It's always like, mm. you know, like I. Interesting. Uh, my little, uh, when I'm walking alone at night safety trick, which unfortunately I like, I have mm. to have one, like, let's be real here, um, is always mm. uh, to turn on my, my camera and to just be like, I'm recording you, oh. you know, don't, don't try anything. Um, but that's a whole other episode of Black Mirror right there. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure if you were talking to someone else that they would probably be still getting into the ins and outs of that story that you told, but I'm a big picture thinker mm -hmm. and I come from the land of before the phones and before the social media, like, <laughs> you know, I was, yeah. I was born in 89. So I just, I can't, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. How? This is, do fuck, you, like this, this is so much. <laughs> <laughs> Question, do you think that your age allows you to revert back to a time yeah. where you're, you didn't use these devices? Because I feel like I know how life was before. Yeah. I was happy and yeah, I'm happy now, but I can go back to that. I, what do you think about Gen Z? So Gen Z is which generation? What age are they now? We're the last. They were born like 2000. You know what? Let me find out. Yeah. Let me figure out we're, exactly what Gen Z is. We're the last generation that remembers what life was like before all this. Yes. Correct. Yeah, that that's what correct. makes us so terrifyingly important. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, Gen Z is from 1997 
to about 2015. Mm-hmm. That is the, the Gen Z born. population. Now there's six, about six to 24-ish. Uh, to answer your question, yes. I do think that we kind of hold a key. We kind of hold something very special mm-hmm. in our hearts. We mm-hmm. will be telling our grandkids, <laughs> I remember back in the day mm-hmm. when I had to carry a map and a now. calculator. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, oh, man. And I... <sighs> I'm just going to say straight up, I think that's a scary thing. Mm. I think I really am interested for Gen Z because it's literally imprinted in their mind to grow up with a computer. So I'm partly interested just because curiosity be like, oh, my God, like, how is this going to affect you? But I'm also genuinely scared because I don't think it's going to affect them in a good way. I really think it's going to be more detrimental. Um, Yes, I think job wise, they're able to have a career probably earlier than a lot of us were able to establish one, be able to maybe get their finances right earlier than maybe we were able to because information as to how to do that is out there. But just socially developing. Uh, personality, like the the things that allow us to connect as human beings in person, not via online. Ah, that's the thing that I think they are not, they're lacking a little bit. Pros and cons um, though, pros and is, cons. Like the, yes. the internet has connected us, it's liberated us. Like mm-hmm. we are, mm-hmm. we are able to understand and feel each other. Like it's, it's really like done a lot for, I think, uh, our empathy or sense of empathy, because now we can see, mm-hmm. oh my God, again, is ignorance bliss. Um, but you know, thanks to the internet, we are able to see like firsthand what's going on in Russia, what's going on in China, like mm-hmm. what's going on in Yemen, what's going on in all these places, Myanmar, yep, Myanmar, mm-hmm. yep, what's going on now in all yep. these places, um, where before ignorance was bliss, Ilhan, because my main concern yep. was, uh, will the cool girls let me into their Spice Girls Club, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. But I would let you into my Spice Girls Club. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Spice Girls Club. Um, That's what we'll call our government of Canada when when we are queens. (laughs) 100% done and done. (laughs) So that's it. That's it. And, and, you know, think of think of where this is leading in terms of climate change. And like we need to have Mm -hmm. we need to be a global family right now because we have to save the one home we have. But yes, also as can as a collective, yeah. but also can y'all please just like calm down on the TikTok dances. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> oh my, I am so happy I'm not on TikTok. Oh, no. Listen, let me tell you why. <laughs> Somebody sent me a video yesterday of TikTok. So do you, okay. Are you familiar with got to be uh, spray? No. And thank God I'm so not. It's like a gel, <laughs> a thicker gel to really okay. mat it down. Okay. Listen. Non-threatening so. hair gel. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And uh, so somebody sent me a TikTok of a girl who was like, listen, guys, I uh, ran out of my got to be spray and she decided to use Gorilla Glue because the the containers look similar and it, it was very similar no. in how it came out. I know out. what that is. And um, the applicator. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, most of us know what Gorilla Glue is. And so because the applicator looked similar and the the container looked similar, she's like, fuck it. Why not? This girl's hair has not has has been in the same position for a month. Like it literally looks, <laughs> it looks it looks ridiculous. Oh, I feel so bad for her. And she went on camera. So she put this out initially. <laughs> yeah. And everybody was like, oh, she's lying. She's doing this for clout. It's just to go viral. And she's like, no, no, no. She came back. She stood in front of this camera, took shampoo, showed the camera. This is shampoo. 
I'm washing my hair in front of you. Nothing happens. It does not move. It is literally like grease, not even greased on. It's it's shiny. Like it's shiny. Oh, it's no. completely down. Like <laughs> I think she's gonna have to shave her head. But this poor girl was like, nah, man, I I fucked up, guys. Yeah. Learn from me. And I was like, girl, I don't need to learn from you. Nobody should why be post using glue that in their online. Hair. Why post that? It's, it's hilarious. Like I have, a, I'm having, so a, I'm having a laugh, but. <laughs> That's some confidence to post oh, that moment online. Yeah. I, I, I think, honestly, sounds like she just really doesn't want this to happen to anybody else. God bless her soul. That's yeah. literally, that's exactly what she said at the end. She's like, guys, I'm doing this for the, I don't want anybody else to do this. She's like, I know I'm stupid. I made a mistake. Don't follow me. Okay. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that story. And on that note, let's end the podcast on a positive note. Oh yeah. Are we going to talk about the dancing girl? Oh my God. Are we talking about the Myanmar? Oh, do you want to talk about the dancer? Um, well, just oh, read. Do you want to talk about Myanmar? That's, that's not a positive Absolutely. note, but you know, I do. <laughs> that's why I was confused. Um, but since we're here, uh, real quick, just um, uh, if anyone hasn't seen the video of, um, there's a girl in Myanmar who was filming herself <laughs> doing I don't know if it was a TikTok dance, like those cute little dances that people do, but it was, it was like, like a workout. Aerobics. Like, it was like an aerobics yeah. thing. And it was so, it was actually quite wholesome. Like this girl, like yeah. around our age. And she's like, yeah, like I'm going to film some aerobics. And behind her mm-hmm. are just like these, is <laughs> <laughs> a literal <laughs> government coup, like military coup. Like the tanks mm-hmm. are rolling behind her on their way. Oh my God. To go and get yep. um, the leader of Myanmar, uh mm-hmm. like the the democratic leader of Myanmar and detain her mm-hmm. yeah and and like all I can say to that is um it's very surreal watching this girl dancing knowing what's going on behind mm-hmm. her and she's oblivious completely oblivious yep. and I just watched that thinking man it's like some of us ignorance is bliss man some of us just want to do aerobics and live our lives no matter (laughs) what's going on some of us just want to continue i love that video yep yep and that's the thing i love that video for that exact reason because it really does show that sometimes ignorance is bliss like sometimes you just need it even if it's for a moment and in her moment just dancing just exercising and putting it out for the world to exercise with her and so (laughs) i i thought that was so funny yeah and then we go back to the story and we're like oh my god myanmar has a military coup again like what what's going on like why yeah (laughs) for those that don't know what where myanmar it myanmar is (laughs) it is the old burma yeah like they go back and forth with the name myanmar yeah and i i heard that they might be going back to burma again because i know that they changed myanmar the name partly when they were trying to show that they're new democratic society but now that they're still under military coup and realistically have always been under military coup military coup um (laughs) oh fuck off i swear i know words but anywho Lord have mercy. It's been a long day. (laughs) COVID brain fog, man. COVID brain fog. Oh, Lord. But yes, so what I was trying to say is Myanmar has... Do you think they have been under military law this entire time? Or do you think that Mm. they actually had a democratic society before this coup? Well, I mean, like... Because I think... Well, that's that's how this whole thing started is um, it it was, like, Mm -hmm. very similar to what's going on in the States. Like there are yep. there are differences but um mm-hmm. essentially um and i for, i forget her her name right now but she she was uh this very popular leader um 
who was voted in democratically. Oh, she's the prime minister. She's the prime minister. And um, like people wanted democracy. And uh, anyways, the military is just saying that, no, the votes were faked. It was all a fraud. It was voter yep. fraud. Like, and uh, now yep. it's military regime again, regime again. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know too much about it. Just um, <sighs> the same thing they're saying. Yeah. Military, or they're saying it's fraud again. Yeah. So basically both elections, they've only had technically two actual democratic ele elections. Yeah. And the first one was with her name, if I'm not mistaken, is Aung San Suu Kyi. Yes. Um, and she won. And they're like, nah, it's fraud. Screw you. And so they still took over. And then, like you were saying, right now, they allowed it to happen. And they're just like... Fine, we'll let you have this. And then now they're they're they were claiming it was fraud from the first time she was elected and the second time and then the second time they let it be for a little while and then now they did the coup where they're like now we're taking over yeah, again. Yeah, who knows? Sorry. Maybe like, maybe they it was it was a military regime the entire time that just wanted to make an example out of her because she was under house yep. arrest for a number of years um, mm -hmm. in the nineties. Yes. And uh, like this could be them um, a way of rounding people up of rounding um, mm -hmm. op the opposition up. Who knows? Um, yep. Keep an eye on it. Um, I hope that, that yeah, I hope it's, it's going to be okay. It's definitely an ongoing story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, we'll, we shall see. Yeah. What's nice, though, is the difference between when this first happened mm -hmm. um, and in the 90s to her mm -hmm. and when this is happening now, unfortunately, again, to her. Um, we're in a global society mm -hmm. that I, I really don't think people are going to let this happened to Myanmar because that country has been through a lot mm -hmm. in the recent years that I, I just I don't think the world's going to let it just slide. I think this for whatever reason is going to, I hope, catch on because, um, yeah, like I said, that country's been through yeah. it, man. Yeah, that's like, it's a, really do something. It's a, it's a frustrating thing to watch, to watch this play out. Funny, funny enough, Facebook has an attachment to almost every story that we had today even if we don't mention it, because Myanmar, remember what happened with Myanmar and Facebook and the genocide that it literally mm -hmm. in, incited? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Facebook really has its hands in everything. Go Apple. <laughs> That's how I in this fight right now. Go Apple. Fuck Facebook, Or just, man. like, They're throw really... your phones away. Yeah. Like... <laughs> no, no. Angela is right. This is why she's here. I, I just really think it's really, it's really weird how, how this world is shaping up to be, like... Yep. It really yeah. is. I wonder, my thing is I refuse to go on social media. When I'm forced to go on social media, that is when I think I, I'm i going to get rid of my phone. Because I'm like, no, you you can't force me to engage with people in this way. So I'm slowly going to try and get maybe a retro phone. One that I have to like flip phone, the old school text yeah. one. One that I can't do all the fun fancy stuff, fancy stuff with. Because I'm like, I don't need, I don't need all of it, you know. But then again, I'm like, convenience, that's a lie. Mm. I will never do. Oh, any last things that you want to add, Angela? Lord, see what happens <laughs> next week. We'll see what happens next week. Um, for our growing audience of listeners, thank you so much for your support. <laughs> and uh, so this year, um, we'll just keep on saying it until it sticks. Um, Interabang uh, is now collaborating with uh, Western University's newsroom, uh, Gazette, their student newsroom. And um, so this gave us the opportunity to actually uh, print um, our first Black History Month issue. Um, we uh, did this with the Black Students Association at Western University and uh, the uh, Black History Month section includes art, poetry, there's a short story and some think pieces uh, from students of Fanshawe and Western. 
Ooh, I can't wait to read it only because I just saw the um, front cover in your office and it looked fantastic. Yep, it was designed by. <laughs> so just based on yep, that? Designed by a Western student. Um, it looks beautiful. Ooh, and it. uh, it really it's does. really cool. To, again, um, the Gazette was unable to print because of cuts to student media uh, by the Ford government in 2018. Um, so mm -hmm. that's where the collaboration um, happens is that we are able to print. Um, so we're including uh, Gazette stories uh, and Tarabang stories and we're distributing at both campuses. Um, the idea is that we'll kind of make it not just Fanshawe, not just Western, but London, Ontario student media, like a, a newspaper yes. for students. That's the goal here. Um, so please pick it up. It is a free newspaper. It's not the Epoch Times. It's it's written. <laughs> <laughs> the content is written by all students of uh, Fanshawe College, mm -hmm. Western University. Um, we have journalistic standards and practices. Things are censored. We don't promote hate speech and conspiracy theories. We actually want to promote the news. Um, and it's nice to have a tangible, recyclable product. Absolutely. And honestly, I love just holding a newspaper mm -hmm. and reading it. There's no other feeling. It's really fantastic, to be honest with you. And if you've never tried it, guys, try it. Yeah. They're there. <laughs> um, our next issue coming up is um, just general diversity and inclusion. Um, so, you know, if anyone still wants to contribute, like we always take contributions for our culture section. Um, that's also something, if anyone ever wants to write, just send me an email, a underscore mckinnis2 at fanshawc.ca. Talk to me, I'm the editor of Interabang. <laughs> I want your content, we want your content. It's for you, it's your publication. Let's let's hear those stories, yeah. guys. Let's, let's, hear, let's hear what's happening in your lives. So as per usual, wear a mask, trust the experts, Support student media. Oh, yeah. And don't forget, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, and Google Play. Thanks so much for listening. You all fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> Bye. Uh <laughs>